All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Hi, you guys. This is a brand new episode of I'm Shook. I'm Sarah Shook, and I'm here with my good friend Liz Royce. And we shook. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Liz. Hey. (laughs) We are shook about... Getting old. Yes. (laughs) And being in our 30s specifically. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm only in it for another couple months and then I'm out. (gasps) Oh my gosh. I know. Good thing I'm catching you now. (laughs) I know, I know. I was like, oh man, it's so, so it's like my uh, swan song, I guess, to my 30s a little bit. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? Um, you know, it's weird. I, people will tell you I've always been like, I always round up my ages. I don't, so I feel like I've been 40 for, and I haven't, I, I'm not there yet, but um, I don't know. It. I I think that like people f- tell you you're supposed to feel a certain way about turning 40, but uh, I don't know if I feel any of those things. Yeah. Yet. We'll see. I People said that about turning 30 too, mm. and I actually felt it more at like, 28 or 29 than I did when I turned 30. Maybe because I was like, oh, these are the last years of my 20s. But yeah. I don't know. How, what was turning 30 like? I, I loved turning 30, actually. Uh, my 20s were... I felt like my 20s were really hard. Because oh I didn't know what I was doing. I moved a lot of different places. Uh, I had a lot of jobs that I was excited about. And then they didn't work out like I thought they were going to. So uh, 30s were sort of like a welcome reprieve. And looking back, I had a blast in my 30s. Yeah. Uh, They've been really good to me. So I think I'm hoping my 40s just build in uh, in that way. But we'll we'll see. I don't know. Um, I think in your 30s, you uh, learn to let some things go that you maybe stress too much about in your 20s at least for me oh, I don't know if people are like that 100% yeah I think that's one of the many blessings about that decade it's like yeah oh I could give a shit about these things that I like really cared about in my 20s yeah. like how I look when I go to the grocery store or like <laughs> yeah even doing my hair or like washing it some days I'm just like whatever <laughs> oh yeah no it's so true I feel like too uh when I was in my 20s, I was very concerned with what I was supposed to be doing at that moment. Yeah. And like when I was 25, like, oh, am I where I'm supposed to be? Am I in the job I'm supposed to be? Like Mm -hmm. I had a lot of friends get married when they were uh, 20, when we were all 25. And I felt, I felt like I was, was behind. And I think that was mostly in my head because there really isn't anything you're supposed to be doing at any certain age. But in my 20s, I was really obsessed with whether I was doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, so I think I let a lot of that go in my 30s, which was good. Yeah. I feel like my 20s were this flailing ball of figuring it out and like yeah. working through emotions and like being in my head. And I think at least for me, like 28, 29, it was like the universe being like, now we're going to force you to like really figure it out so that when you hit your 30s or like those early years in your 30s, it's like, great, you can settle into that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's why I think the 20s are so tough. At the time, I yeah. it maybe didn't feel as tough as it was, but looking back, I'm like, Jesus, I went through all of that. I lived in three yeah. different cities. And did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
but it it, it is like this um, naivete that comes with the 20s um, that is no longer existent in my 30s. And maybe that's just me not realizing it too in my 30s and I'll look back in my 40s and be like, oh, I was so naive and there's so much I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I think we probably do that our whole lives, right? I mm -hmm. think that there's this idea that, or I had this idea that I was supposed to have something figured out by 30 or 35. And um, I think that's a false narrative. I. I think that you think people have it all figured out, but they don't in the ways maybe that you assume. Yeah. Like even if somebody has a great job or is in a great relationship, you assume like, oh, they must have it all figured out. But we're all just kind of, I don't think you ever get comfortable with um, the fact that you're in this place now and you don't know where you're gonna be in the future. But I do think as you get older, you become more comfortable with just not having control over it. Yeah. There's just no way to. And I think at some point you just go, you know, screw it. And you're like, well, this is just how it, how it is and this is how it's going to be. So you kind of learn to embrace that part of it yeah. a little bit more, which I think is great. Yeah, I agree. Um, I watched this thing recently. Um, there, I'm, her name is skipping my brain right now. I'll put it in the description of the episode if I think <laughs> about it. But um, who talks about like age and... Um, how it's like meant to be, I guess, sparsed out. Like our first 30 years, we're actually a child. And she says, when you turn 30 is when you actually become an adult. Huh. And then the next 30 years, that's like your time to be that adult and like create that adult foundation for yourself and to do that type of work because now you have all that other stuff figured out. And when you hit 60, which is when most people start to retire, um, that's when you get to start your fulfilling creative life and to like really live. And most people are like dealing with illness and health issues and yeah. they're retired or they don't have money or whatever else. And she's like, so that's why you have to take care of yourself these other 60 years, learn these lessons, the 30 to 60, you're like putting good stuff in your body and taking care of yourself so that you can thrive at 60 because yeah. you're supposed, to, and then those next 30 years are for you to like really just like enjoy. That's a good way to look at it. I think like my mom, my mom has been great in terms of me aging because every year I've gotten older, if I've been really uh, like a brat about it, like, oh, I can't believe I'm older. My mom, every single year, she's always like, you're alive, you're healthy, you should be grateful. Like literally, and she's been like that my whole life because she's turning 70 this year and she's one of the happiest people I've, I've known in her 60s into her 70s she's really embraced like she started a new career in her 50s and um she's i think been a great person for me to watch to to be like you don't getting older is not a burden yeah and i think that there's and i i don't i think that there is a difference too with women versus men because mm -hmm. uh i think there's this idea that we as women age out of things quicker than men do yeah and uh which i think is bullshit i i i think it's it's crap uh i know not everybody believes that but i do think that you know if you watch like tv shows and movies and stuff like that um women make this jump of like oh wow they're like in their mid-30s and they're like a mom and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now there's this other group of women who are like older, who are like grandmas. And it's like, what about all these like in between ages? Yeah. I think we're starting to see that, but it's, 
even if you're not in like a, you're not like an actor or whatever just even watching those shows makes you feel like oh so there's this period where women age into where they just hide away and like don't right. do anything i don't know and it's I, like the age red tent or something yes <laughs> it is and it's like it's so frustrating to me because i'm like no there's so many women in this age group that like men are having these amazing careers and these f- fulfilling lives and maybe it's not very traditional but uh yeah i kind of want to see more of that because i think that that would sort of change how we view being like a woman in our 30s and beyond that yeah and i think hopefully that's evolving but it, it it's very um potent i feel like in society yeah. um about age and you know all these creams that you put on your mm-hmm. face and all you know lasers and that are supposed to do all these things and i'm Someone asked me the other day, they're like, would you ever get like a facelift or um, have like a Botox or anything? And I thought about it and I was just like, no, I don't think I would. Uh, I think like I'm just going to take care of my body and hope for the best and then embrace like whatever happens. And yeah. hopefully, you know, if I'm an actor or writer or whatever during that time, I can just whatever I'm doing. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I can embrace that part of myself and bring it to whatever is happening. I think that's a good way to look at it. I, I, you know, if people want to get Botox, I'm like, go ahead. Like if that, if that, but I never, I think it's one of those things of giving it as an option to people rather than making people feel like they have to take it. Or especially women that they have, they have to do this thing when they reach a certain age or they're not going to be viable. And uh, I think when you're in your thirties, you, um, I don't know, you start to kind of get a glimpse of, oh, I'm, I'm not really young anymore. <laughs> like, you're yeah. not old. Like, 30s are certainly not old, but you're not, like, the next young thing. Like, yeah. at this point in time, you're always going to be, you know, like, a certain, a certain amount older than maybe your contemporaries, depending on, like, what whether it really doesn't matter in the workplace because you're always going to be around like 20 somethings, 30 something. So there's this idea of um, not feeling like you've aged out of your prime. But yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, for me, my 30s felt like my prime. For, yeah. For sure. It feels like I'm starting my prime because oh, yeah. now I'm, I'm so much like wiser, which is such a cliche word to say about being in our 30s. But I do feel that. And I feel like I'm, I don't have all this shit I'm holding on to or like needing, like you said, to feel like I have to be at a certain place by a certain age. Yeah. Um, I currently work in a restaurant and I've worked in restaurants for like, God, I don't know, probably 15 years. And as I'm getting older working in them, I'm like, oh, wait, I used to be that like 23 year old working in restaurants and I'm not that anymore. And the most recent job I'm at, that's, it's been really daunting for me. And I'm just like, oh God, I'm old. But then I hear the like 20 somethings talking about like what they're dealing with and like dating and breakups and like, um, you know, all this anxiety that they're carrying about little things like, and I'm just like, wow, I used to be like that and I'm not like that anymore. And thank God. Yeah, I know. I, I, God, I spent, I stressed so much in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, I'm like, I'm an anxious person, so I think I stress a lot, but I, I just cared so much about what people thought of me. Yeah. Um, how they viewed me, like, uh, 
did they think I was successful or did they think I was attractive? And uh, it's exhausting. It is an exhausting thing. And when you start to let some of that go, at least I did in my 30s, it becomes your life becomes so much better. It oh, really it does. Totally does. I know. I'm hoping that in my 40s that it just even that amplifies even more and it's like my level of like not giving a fuck just go, goes through the roof <laughs> and it's like amazing. That's what I'm hoping. I yeah, me too. Did, have you had like an epiphany in your 30s or um maybe even in your 20s? I don't know, where you're just like, "Oh, this moment where you're like I'm older." and a realization and you're like, and I'm loving this? That's a good question. Um, I think that, um, I don't know. I th- I think that, ooh, that's a, I'm trying to think. I don't know if there's been like an epiphany, like a one time moment uh, where it's like felt like a lightning bolt, but I do feel like over my thirties that, um, when I look back on how I handled certain things, that's been, uh, I think, like a, a good show. Like for instance, when I was a teenager, uh, I tried to get into this like really nerdy academic program and because I was a, a huge nerd and I all my friends got into it and I didn't get into it. Yeah. Um, and I was like so embarrassed because I thought I was the only one who didn't get into this program and I was just, I was crying in my room. It was so stupid. It was just this like summer program at a college when I was like a junior in high school. And uh, I way overreacted to it. Uh, And then I think in my 30s, I've had a lot of rejection Mm -hmm. and uh, more more rejection than successes. And I think that when you do anything in entertainment, like comedy, that's the way it goes. But I watch how I handle rejection yeah. And it never, it's never like awesome. It's never like, yeah, that's great. But um, being able to handle multiple rejections in a row and just keep doing what you're doing and not letting it affect you like it used to affect me. Um, I think I've had a, a series of moments over the past few years where that's been great. Because that feels, it makes you feel a little bit like a superpower that it's this thing that uh, no matter what, comes at you you're just able to keep going um yeah i know people who are much better at handling rejection than, than i am i don't want to say that i'm like the best at it but i'm way better than when i was a teenager or in my 20s oh yeah whenever i got rejected it just i would sit with it and i would let it derail me from doing other things because i was like oh i'm not supposed to be doing this like the world is telling me not to do this thing yeah um so i think that's been a great uh realization in the last few years for sure yeah I can I can uh, get on on board with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Even with like auditions or and stuff, or like submitting, you know, packets or whatever. It's oh, like yeah. um, I'm just like, oh, okay. I never heard. Or great. I'd rather not hear anything than be like, you were great, but we were looking for this. Or I, if, yeah, <clears throat> I think the um, for me, the ability to not know what's next. Or, um, uh, yeah, like, I think what we said earlier, like, not needing to be somewhere right now or, like, thinking, like, oh, I don't have kids yet, I'm not married, I don't have a house, I, you know, um, I'm able to let go of that more and, like, let go of the not knowing of when that's going to happen and to just very much be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and that's hard because you have all of these mileposts that other people are hitting. Yeah. Uh, because I'm not married and I don't have kids. So at my age, sometimes people don't know what that means. Like mm-hmm. I'm from I'm from Kentucky and everybody I know from Kentucky has been married sometimes multiple times at this point and mm-hmm. and have kids now that are like some of them in middle school and high school. Like very different we've diverged in very different ways. So I think um I haven't lived in Kentucky since I was 18 years old, but uh when I go home to visit, I think sometimes uh, there's like a disconnect when I meet up with old high school friends of like they don't maybe necessarily understand my life. But I also think that I thought people were judging me for taking different paths more than they actually did. Yeah. And I think in my 30s, and I would have to say this is probably my late 30s, I think I started to realize that that was my own perception and not really the reality of what was going on. I thought people judged my life or judged me way more than they did and the fact is is nobody really even thinks about other people that much we're all thinking about ourselves so much nobody's really thinking about you that much yeah if Um, anything they're judging their life based off of your life yeah yeah totally (laughs) and um i uh, that's been a kind of a refreshing thing too right yeah. Yeah. Judgment is a is a is a big one. And I think self judgment is even bigger than judgment of others. That's yeah. been a big let go that mm-hmm. I've had. I'm like, okay, we all have different paths. I'm not supposed to be doing the thing that that person is doing or that they've gotten or haven't or whatever. And it's like I'm supposed to just do what feels right for me and yeah. follow that more. Um and that's been like really refreshing. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I think, um, you know, I'm about, I think the thing that about, well, I'll say this again, Uh, almost, I will say one thing about almost being 40 that I think has been kind of a weird realization is if I'm lucky and I, you know, live to old age, I'm like, oh, this is legitimately like could be a halfway point in my life. And Uh that's kind of a weird realization to have. So there is this sense of, um, you really do only have so much time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, you, I think we put so much pressure that we're supposed to do all of these things before this age. So we ruin a lot of just the moments of being. Yeah. Just like sitting and having coffee with somebody that you really enjoy talking to. Even though nothing is happening in your life, so to speak, like you're not furthering your career or whatever, but just having these moments of, oh, I had a day where I did nothing and that was wonderful. And enjoying those, but then also realizing that, you know, you only have so much time, so you should be doing the stuff that you really love to do and not worry about whether it's what you're supposed to be doing or whether, you know, people think it's the right thing to do. we all only have that amount of time. So there is that moment of, I know you cognitively always know at some point life ends, but I think when you get to be middle-aged, it's like, oh, I'm kind of feeling the amount of time I have left. So I want to spend it well. It can be a gift if you look at it mm-hmm. in the way of pushing you to do the things you want to do. Yeah. And feeling okay about saying no to stuff. Yes. Yeah. That is, really is hard. A, oh yeah. That is so hard saying no. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like a whole, that's a life journey oh, process yeah. of learning how to say no and not feeling guilty about it. Yeah, it, it is. And to like really evaluate like, okay, is this something I truly want to do? 
or am I sacrificing my energy just to please somebody else? Yeah. And sometimes I think, okay, we have to do that if we care about the person, but other times it's like, no, we really need to honor ourselves and say mm-hmm. no and, you know, we'll catch them next time or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, hard. Yeah, because that same there are in the same vein of like you only have so much time, so it's like you know we all have jobs we don't maybe aren't fun all the time, but that um, delineating like what are the the things that you have to do versus oh I don't have to do this right right yeah. that is I will say something I struggle with is being an adult sometimes I look at like my to do lists or what I've done the past weekend like. Maybe I've done too much adulting uh, this yeah. past week, and I'm like, okay, is it gonna really kill me if maybe I don't go to the grocery store tomorrow and I mm-hmm. do it like in two days? And I'm, <laughs> it's like really, you know, small beans like that. But I, I, I struggle with it where I'm like, okay, my mm-hmm. schedule's too full. I'm feeling overwhelmed, and I look at it and I'm like, oh, it's all like adult stuff. Yeah, and at the end of those days, I always feel accomplished. But then if I look back and I go, well, I didn't make room to do any kind of, um, like, sometimes I find the best writing I do is in the moments of where nothing is happening. Yeah. Um, And I I can't remember who who wrote, wrote it. Because we read so many things and nobody can remember yeah. <laughs> who wrote it. That's me all the time. I'm like, oh. I read this, but I don't remember before. I know. It's like, oh, this magazine and this one <laughs> article in this one year. But it was talking, uh, it was this uh, woman was talking about how we um, don't just let our minds wander enough. She was talking about specifically with technology that because we have these phones that are on us all the time, we've lost the moments where we get lost in thought. Yes. Where you're waiting somewhere, and so you just look off into the distance and think. Like whether you're waiting for the doctor, or uh, whether you're waiting in line at the grocery store, or whatever it is, that we're losing those moments. And she's ta- she talks about how those are some of the most creatively fulfilling times. Yeah. Because it's when your mind relaxes, and then it kind of taps into something, um, and it follows those threads. But those threads kind of get cut if we're just like on the screens and, and looking at things all the time. So I guess the long winded way of saying that is, uh, I always feel really accomplished, but I think sometimes having those moments of where I'm not doing as much stuff, sometimes I create more in those moments. So trying to find that balance, I think that's going to be a lifelong struggle, finding the balance between the things of like, uh, doing your, your chores and like all the things you're supposed Mm -hmm. to do and going to the gym and going to the grocery and cleaning your house and all of that stuff. Uh, versus just doing nothing and finding joy in those moments or creativity. Yeah. Um, hopefully, too, that gets... Hopefully, like, in my 40s, if you do a podcast about 40s, hopefully <laughs> people have, like, more of a wisdom about balancing those things as well. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I, I think um, I'm, like, even if I just do one thing a day, even if it's, like, a half an hour or mm-hmm. maybe even 10 minutes... Where I'm like, okay, I took that time for myself and did something that, like, whether I drank, like, a really nice latte or, I don't know, whatever it is, that will sink in more and, I think, create more of those moments if yeah. I intend it. But if I'm just constantly like, oh, I got to go to the bank and I got to do this, and mm-hmm. you know, then it's, yeah, like you said, I feel accomplished, but then it's, like, that accomplishment then just accrues more of it. And I'm yeah. like, now I got to do this. And 
yeah, being mindful. And, and... Yeah, I think too. There's the that I the concept. Some people talk about like try not to schedule more than. I don't know what the magic. I feel like everybody's magic number is probably different, but they say like don't schedule more than three things in a day. Yeah. That if you try to do that, then you're overbooking yourself. Yeah. Um. So I think that that's it because I love making lists and I will make lists of a hundred things. Oh my god. And I have spent too. so much time then making the list that I don't get to the list. And it's like, <laughs> what was the point of even making the list? I'll have like multiple <clears throat> lists where I'm like. This is my list that I started, and then I'm like, oh, well, let me write this list down so I can take it on the go, and then I'll, like, write mm-hmm. something else on the list while I'm on the go, and I'll come back, and then, like, a week later, I'll find that list in my jacket pocket, oh, yeah. but I have another one on the kitchen table, and I'm oh, just, I like... Found, I found a long-term list from a year ago that I, like, didn't do most of the things on that list. Yeah. And my life didn't fall apart, so it was okay, I guess. <laughs> so, thank God. Yeah. So, lesson learned, I guess, but... Absolutely. Yeah. It's... You mentioned this thing too about phones and technology and I while it may also be a thing that exists like in our thirties or forties as we older, but it's a generational thing too. And I know it's a social thing, but um I was standing in line uh to get something to eat the other day and I'm looking down the line and everyone, like all of the younger people are on their phones, they're and the guy in front of me is like on Instagram, then he gets a text, goes off Instagram, checks the text, texts back, checks to see if someone else texts him back, goes back on Instagram, scrolls through, likes, gets off, looks on Facebook, gets off that, goes back on Instagram, scrolls through again, likes. And I'm just like, what is this doing for you? I know. And I'm like, I've done that though. I we know all I have. have. Yeah. But I'm looking down the line and like everybody is on their phones except the people who were 50 or, you know, or, you know, just below that. And I mean, I will probably say I wasn't on my phone, but <laughs> you know, I thought about it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and, um, but I do notice that more of people who are in their twenties now and younger, I mean, they're just constantly taking photos and like looking at all this stuff. Not that everybody is. And parts of it can be healthy. I'm sure if you're like, I don't know, staying in contact with people or maybe you're reading an article on your yeah. phone. But, um, most of it is like Instagram and Twitter and whatever else. And, um, while you can find out genuine good things on that, news or whatever, stuff that helps you. Um, it is just a, like, uh, this, I don't know what it is, like this need for um, likes or attention or yeah. to keep your mind involved. When you're right, it's like you could just stand in that line and have 10 minutes to just, or five minutes to just, like, be. And I think the older people understand that more, whereas the younger people, and I felt that in my 20s, this need for like, uh, I can't I can't even find the words for it. Like uh, stimulation, maybe. Stimulation, yeah. Connection through this somehow, even though it's actually the opposite of what you get. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I think it's also what you grew up with. Like people in their 20s, uh, technologically, they when they were kids this stuff was becoming like very big so it shaped them in ways that um because i was in my late teens early 20s when all this came out um that was very different like i never really dealt with any of this in the years that you like middle and high school where it starts to kind of form your habits Mm -hmm. uh and i think that that makes a huge difference i'm still on my phone a lot like way more than i should be um, because 
I think we're kind of in this, um, and I know you're younger than I am, but we're in kind of a bridge generation where we remember yeah. not having it, but we were young enough to like assimilate to using it. Yeah. Uh, whereas my parents, my mom was like, I don't understand things because there's no on off button. She's like, people <laughs> of my generation don't understand screens because there's no like switch to turn yeah. things on and off. Like she's like, we're a button kind of people. Like we need these, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds stupid, but I, not that it, but I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. Like it changed how the interfaces all changed. So I think that, um, some older people are tech savvy, but it's a much smaller, yeah. smaller percentage. But yeah, I don't know. I remember when I was a kid, uh, I didn't have like a TV or a phone in my room. This was when people still just had landlines. There were no cells. And, um, so I read so much because I would spend a lot of time in my room being by myself because I'd want to be alone. And all I had to do was read. That's all that was there. And I read so much less than I do mm -hmm. now uh, or that I used to back then. And I know a lot of people, this is not like an evergreen observation. A lot of people have this observation of reading more as a kid. But I do think I miss having those moments of just like daydreaming. Yeah. Yeah. I um, And I think we rediscover that too. If not now, I'm sure it even happened, you know, for our parents of rediscovering these moments to ourselves and that quiet yeah. and how important that is. Like my dad, he still has a flip phone. He refuses <laughs> to get, you know, anything else. And for the longest time, he wouldn't set up his voicemail. And I'm like, dad, I can't leave you a message <laughs> if you don't have voicemail. And he goes, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't want people leaving me messages. He's my like, dad's the same way. He doesn't have a phone. Yeah. He's never... He once got a burner phone when he had to call my mom once and then like <laughs> they he like put it somewhere and they couldn't find it and when the battery was dying it just beeped at them for months until I think it finally died. I think he used it one time. Yeah. Um but other than that he's never had a phone. Uh which I think he's a little stubborn about but um I I mean I get it I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it is nice to think about. I, I just remember him saying that, and it's just like, yeah, that is the point. And if people really, really need to get in touch with you, they will. Oh, yeah. Or you'll get back to them when you're done with your quiet. And Oh, totally. And it's I, okay. I will tell you, though, recently I forgot my phone at home for an entire day, and I thought I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> and that was like a very sobering thought. It was... It really impeded, like, just trying to get in touch with people or meeting up with people. It was, yeah. um, it was, yeah, it was a very sobering moment. It is. I forgot it a couple times when I went to work, and I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm like, what do I need for? I'm at yeah. work. I don't need to contact anybody. I kind of really can't. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I was totally fine, and it was great. Because I <laughs> noticed when I do have it, I'll, I keep checking it. And yeah. I'm like, for what? <laughs> if you'll feel it or, you know, when you like go look at the time or whatever, it's there and you will see the message then. Yeah. I, yeah. I people t uh, talk about like, oh, I only check my email like once a day. I'm like, man, that's a superpower. I can't even <laughs> begin to understand. But I guess it's like there are very few emails that you would need to respond to like right that second. Right. They're probably saving a ton of time just dealing with them all at once. Right. But... I don't know. I know we diverted from talk of our 30s. Yeah. It's still an age thing, I feel yeah. like, with, with technology and social media. I will say, starting this podcast, I listened to a lot of 20-year-olds tell me how to do it 
on YouTube. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Is there anyone that's like in like their 30s like like us that um, you, f- you feel is like, oh, wow, they're really like, they're really killing it or they're, I don't know, that you look up to or that you really admire? Oh, man. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I guess kind of everybody in a certain way. Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone specific comes to mind, but I think like just talking with our friends and like my friend, um, I won't say her name because I don't know if it's legal or not, but if she's <laughs> listening to this, she told me this story um, about at work and she recently got promoted to this um, position that's very high up that she's been working towards for a very long time. And um, <clears throat> she works on this show and this other guy left and because the company didn't like him anymore and they wanted her to take over. So badass. Um, and um, the owner came in and was yelling at her about something that the other guy had messed up oh. and in front of everybody. And just she just sat there and took it and was and then She's like, I went back to my office and I was going to like cry because he was yelling at me in front of people for something I didn't do. And I was trying to like stand up for myself and he wouldn't let me. And she's like, and I thought, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And she got up and she went and said, can I talk to you for a minute? And she told him, I don't care how you treat people or if this is how you operate, this isn't going to work for me. You do not talk to me like that in front of people and you do not do this. And I was just like... Yes, bitch. <laughs> That's awesome. And she said he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry." And like, and she's like, "Good. Now that we're on the same page, now we can move forward." And I was just like, "Yeah." And to me, I'm like, just like grabbing that power in yeah. your 30s is something I never would have been able to do in my 20s. And hearing that story, I was just like, "Oh my god, this is like what it's like to be older and to feel like." powerful and like to own ourselves and to like just be grounded in that and like not let other people tell us anymore who we have to be and what's wrong with us and um I don't know so for me that was just like a moment of like yeah that's really cool yeah that is that's great and especially that she did it like right up top to be like no I'm gonna set the tone yeah I'm not gonna let this build into something over the course of time yeah that I'm gonna deal with it and nip it in the bud like, that is badass. That's awesome. Yeah, she's kind of always been, like, a badass bitch like that, but... <laughs> but still, that's amazing. That's yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I'm, like, when she even said that, I'm, like, I don't know even if I would have done that. But I was, like, I'm so glad she shared that because I'm, like, yeah. now I know. If someone did that to me, I'm going to be, like, I'm thinking of my friend. <laughs> like, no, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, tap into it. Yeah, but that is something, too, that I feel like has come up for me in my 30s where I'm, like, cool, I'm going to speak my, my needs so much faster, so much quicker, and I'm not going to feel bad about it. Yeah. That is, that's been a really big thing. I think in my 20s, I was just so meek and like, oh, okay, yeah, I don't want to bother anybody. Oh, I don't want to, yeah. like, cause any problems. And I was just kind of brought up that way, too. And I, I think now I'm just really flipping the table on that. Yeah. I think, too, I, for a long time, thought, well, if somebody doesn't like something about me or they're being this way toward me it must have been something i did i think that i for a long time 
didn't realize that it would ma- it was maybe about them. Yeah. Now, obviously, there are people where it's like, if a lot of people have trouble, like problems with you, maybe you are the problem. But that there are times where you get to you get to choose who you want to listen to. Yeah. And I think that that was a powerful moment of, oh, I don't have to listen to this person. Like they don't their opinion and their uh ideas and are not bigger or better than mine Uh and like not giving them that power i think is a huge a huge thing yeah yeah power even just that word i'm like oh of course that word has such power to it just by saying power oh yeah but yeah yeah that that's been huge and i think just seeing that in other people in moments of that has Mm -hmm. been like really inspiring to me and like that kind of holds like i feel like where i'm at in my 30s um, of just owning that. Yeah. Yeah. My grandmother, who was an original very badass bitch, she really didn't care what people thought of her. She always used to say, and I know she didn't come up with this, somebody else, but it was, um, you had to lay down to be, you have to lay down to be a doormat. Yeah. Like, you have to do that first before anybody can walk over you. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good... And she would say that like smoking Marlboros, <laughs> wearing pencil skirts, like. But she, but she was somebody too that like never let people push her around. So, mm-hmm. um, I try to think of that sometimes when I I feel like I'm getting lost or like what I want is getting lost or people are. If I think people are walking on me, I'm like, I can take this back. We all can. Oh yeah, that's the secret. Nobody tells you is that you can take that back. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think in my 20s, which I'm grateful for now, I, that happened to me left and right. People walked all over me and let and took my power from me. And um, I'm glad because now I know. I know the difference yeah. of what it feels like. And now I know that when someone's making me feel belittled and feel like uh, I'm not good enough to do something, that they're wrong. And I can professionally and politely tell them that. And that, that, the other half of that, too, is about how you approach it mm-hmm. and to not come from this place of, like, anger and um, bitterness or whatever, but to, like, calmly and politely be like, I don't appreciate this and yeah. this is actually how it's going to go. Yeah. And then it, it just gives you even more power that you don't lose control in those moments. I mean, we all lose control at some time, but yeah, uh, yeah it's it sounds so simple, but it's it's something that even daily I struggle with, but I think you start, it gets easier as you get older. It does. Yeah. Which is, which is like a blessing for yeah. for sure. Lessons, lessons. Oh, so many lessons. <laughs> I know. Why do you feel like there's someone that you ad- admire and how they kind of have grown? <clears throat> you know, I, um, I know, I don't know like whether, uh, in terms of, um, like legally like things you could say on a podcast but I feel like um I I've been really impressed with um I I recently started doing stand-up and I had done improv and sketch for a long time but I'm meeting these women who are older than me who um have been doing comedy for like 20 years and stand-up is still um very male dominated and you uh you know, there's a lot of women that are cu- are coming up and like are, are finding their mark, but there's a lot of like you're up there by yourself. It's this thing that you have this thing to say, and maybe people aren't going to like it. And uh, there's a grind to it. But meeting a lot of these women who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, who are so confident, and 
uh, just like don't give a rip and aren't trying to get people's approval. Like they, it's like I, you can tell when somebody needs somebody to laugh at them and yeah. when somebody doesn't. When somebody's just up there saying what they want to say and they don't care if anybody laughs at them or not and it doesn't phase them. Yeah. And I watch these women and it's so inspiring to watch that because I th- I still have been doing comedy a long time and if people don't laugh at things that I thought maybe they were going to laugh at, I'll, I'll like start to second guess like, oh, it wasn't that funny and oh, I should have written that better. Um, and watching people like own that is really inspiring. Uh, and makes me want to just like strive to be, to be more the like badass, like this is who I am and take it or leave it. I don't, I don't give a fuck. And watching that is like really impressive because there's a lot of working comedians that, you know, people know big names, but there's still a lot of like really good working comedians, uh, females who are like 30 and beyond that, um, are so good at what they do, but people don't know their names yet and Mm -hmm. they're still doing it and they're still doing it well. And that's really impressive to see. Persistence. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Because you don't have control over where it's going to go. You only have control over like what you do when you wake up and like what you choose to do that day and people that consistently do it. Um, I mean, like, I guess I could say like, like Leslie Jones, you know, she's been a, she was a stand-up comedian for so long before she, she hit SNL. And I know people are like, oh, you know, this new face. And I'm like, I don't, she wasn't a new face. She was doing the grind. She was doing this work for so long. And I think that that's super impressive because she hit her stride well into her forties, at least like in terms of people knowing about her. And I find that super impressive. Yeah. Sarah Paulson too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember reading an article about her where, or an interview with her where she said, I'm so grateful that I didn't um, become successful until later in life. I don't know if she was 42 or something, or maybe she was 42 when she was doing the interview, but she's like, because I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Yeah. I wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't have been lasting success. And now I'm prepared for everything. And I am just grateful for that. Yeah. I read an interview with Ann Dowd, if you know her. Yes. She's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And she was talking about how she even knew when she was younger that she was going to become successful in her 50s and that she just had to wait. Yeah. And she just had to do the work. And, um, you know, for a woman to become successful as a actress in your 50s, that's, you know, that's like a long bet and she did it and she just, but she's been a working actor this whole time. Yeah. And the fact that I'm always impressed with people that have been doing the work for so many years and did it in the face of not even, you know, and, and sometimes you'll get like little check marks of like, oh, this, I have this success, but then a lot of the, you might have this success, but then a lot doesn't happen for you for a long time. Yeah. And so you can start, you really start to doubt whether you should be doing this thing or not. And nobody can answer that for you except for you. And I think that that's something to learning in my 30s of nobody can tell me what to do. Nobody mm-hmm. can tell me if I'm supposed to do this. Uh, I'm the only person that can do it. And that is both empowering and scary as hell to be like, it really is you. That's yeah. it. Um, and trying to like embrace that more. And, and people that do that and that have forged that path, I find so inspiring. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I agree. And um, also, yeah, like just having this deeper trust, I think is something I'm really learning right mm-hmm. now in my 30s and being forced to be like let go of outcomes and to really focus 
that I am where I'm supposed to be and to trust that and that once I really deeply accept that, that that's when things start to evolve a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because I'm not having like holding on to this thing or like having con- trying to have control of it, which I definitely felt like I had, you know, in my 20s all the way through, maybe even oh, up yeah. to like the first year or two in my 30s. Oh, totally. Yeah. I remember, like, for me, I didn't start doing comedy until I was 29. Yeah. uh, Which is very late to the game in many ways. But I, looking back on that, I don't, you know, in some ways it would have been easier if I had started it when I was younger. But I remember in college auditioning for a play. And I didn't get in uh, because I was so nervous. And I took that one, kind of going back to that failure thing, I took the one audition of not getting cast as, like, I was right. This isn't for me. Like, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Look at all these people. They're so much better than me. Like, and, uh, I never, I never performed again for like another 10, like 10 years. And then I started to do improv, but realizing that, um, how scared I was to look stupid and how scared I was to look bad at this thing when everybody's bad, when they start something, um, that's the secret. Like don't to not be scared of being bad at this thing. And uh, I realized how much time I wasted worrying that I wasn't, that I was going to be bad instead of just doing this thing because I really liked to do it. And then when I started to to do comedy and I started to take improv classes, I didn't have any kind of idea of where it was going to go, but it was fun. And I try to remember like how much fun I had in those early years where it was just this thing that I was trying to get good at. And I didn't have any expectations. You know, I was a news editor and I was like, this is just my hobby. And um, I had so much, jo- I derived so much joy from it. Yeah. And sometimes when we get really caught up in uh, what we're supposed to be doing or how we're, we're moving up the ladder, you can forget that initial thing that made you joyful. And so it was this thing of, I first stopped doing it because I was scared I'd look bad. And then... I started to lose joy because I expected too much out of it and finding that middle spot of, of like where that is in between of like still enjoying this thing and not, and not being, uh, burdened by not thinking you're good enough and also not being burdened by, um, feeling like you're not having enough success. Yeah. I don't know. That's like kind of a long winded way of saying like in my thirties, I think I've worked really hard to find that balance. I'm not completely there yet. I do not have it figured out, but I think I recognize it more than I used to. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important to like, like, okay, I like release control of this and it's important to just have fun on where you're at and where you're going and like trust that it's all unfolding the way it needs to. Like I have people in my life or friends um friends of friends that i've heard about who like with babies and for women that's a huge thing and like mm-hmm. i've gotten comments of like well you're going to be too old to have children i go who says yeah like, my aunt had her first child when she was 36 and her last child when she was 39 and she's like i had no complications no problems it was fine yeah so anybody can do it and um I feel like I've heard of celebrities who've had them when they were like 50. Jen Jackson, my, she had a baby when she was 50 or something. Yeah, my aunt had her first kid when she was 41, and my cousin's great. She's, yeah. she's awesome. She's super smart. She's super creative. Uh, and it was just, it was kind of this, uh, 
Yeah, and it was like she's not a celebrity. It was just a normal pregnancy. It was it was great. I I now being almost forty, I do have friends that have had a lot of babies in the last year or are pregnant. Yeah. Um. It can't. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and I have friends who have like gone through like, you know, IVF and like mm-hmm. all all these things to to be able to have a kid and like you know put their husbands on like this clock of like I'm ovulating get home and so much stress on that and I get like if you have health complications or whatever and you need that assistance totally support it um but also like this stress of like I have to have it now um I Gabby Bernstein I don't know if you've heard of her she talks about her journey of like getting pregnant she's like this I guess motivational speaker like spiritual person Uh um and I saw I think an interview with her too and um she talks about how I thought I had to have a baby now and like it, and I got so stressed out and like um, upset because it wasn't happening and I was trying so hard and she's like and finally I just let go and was like it's not my time and she talks about how once I let go then I like wrote this book and the book became a huge success and then after I like released that book into the world then I got pregnant and it's like you never know what you know the universe has in store for you oh yeah <clears throat> and like um I feel like that's something I'm trying to discover too. So like I've really released all this stress and fear around getting married, having babies and all that stuff that I feel like is put on to me. (laughs) It's true. I think um, because I don't have kids and I, well, at this point it's, it's towards the end of that portion of my story. But I felt, I always felt kind of weird because um, growing up, I never had like a really strong stance either way. Like I, I, I had a lot of friends that knew definitively they didn't want to have kids. Mm-hmm. And then I had friends that for, were for sure they wanted to have kids. And I always expected that I was like, I'll just make this decision later. And it always felt like it was a very hard decision I had to make. But I don't think I ever really made a hard and fast decision. It was I just made other choices and I figured it was just going to work out the way it was going to work out. But it does make you feel a little crazy because as a woman, we're told, like, we have to keep an eye on that because, you know, like you said, it's like there's a certain amount of time and men don't have that same clock. So they don't understand what that's like, that even if nobody's telling you that you feel it, it's something you've been, you've known since you were like, you started your period at 13. Yeah. And um, it's, I feel like we, we have the pressure of we're supposed to make that decision. And I think that I always felt weird because I never actually made a decision. And I'm really happy with how everything turned out. I wouldn't change the series of decisions I made. But um, I was I always felt like uh, I I was supposed to make a decision. So just owning the fact that I didn't have to and I was just going to make just make live my life. Um, I was like, once I decided to do that, I was a lot happier. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think one of the other, we can close it out after oh, yeah. this video, but one of the big things too that I think I've tried to recognize are these periods of growth and um, of not looking at them of like, oh God, now I'm being put through all this shit's happening to me and I can't mm-hmm. believe it and like getting so frustrated and certainly I'm going to go through that, but like. And I feel like I've just gone through a period of this, which is maybe why I'm talking about it. But like, no. And, and, but recognizing those periods of growth where it's like, oh, this isn't like shit going wrong and like stuff happening to me because I'm horrible or I'm not doing stuff right. It's, it's me being forced into these periods of growth to like become 
better for myself yeah. and to really like sink into that and be like, all right, I'm going to surrender and I'm going to let go. And this is just what's happening. And I need this in order to, you know, be wiser and better and older and whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree. I think that um, you need those moments, even if they suck when you're going oh. through them. But yeah. you realize looking back that they were some of the most important in terms of like what actually happened after that. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. And you can't ever really protect yourself from them. So just like learning to, to know that they're going to come and try to do deal with it as best you can. Um, it sounds small, but, uh, even just the idea of not, of making a decision if you wake up and you're like really pissed off by all the things that are going wrong to, to just make a small decision of like, I'm going to make myself be happier or, you know, that kind of thing. You smile. If you, if you physically smile, eventually it's actually supposed to make you happier at a certain point in time, which you shouldn't just walk around smiling like an idiot because you'll throw people off. But, um, you know, like at, I think to like have those moments of, um, like fighting through those, I don't know, those things that can tank you emotionally or mentally. Um, and knowing that it's not always like a pretty process, but if you do that more often and then you're like, Hey, I actually like turned this day around or like this good thing came out of it. It's a small win. Nobody saw me win it. It's not going to like, like, it's not like any kind of success that's going to get me anything, but like, it's still, it's still a win. I don't know if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Well, um, I guess, you know, before we wrap up, do you have any like final pieces of advice maybe someone's listening to it and they're like i'm going through this right now i just turned 30 or i don't know of what you would tell them oh wow um i know i mean i guess like uh in in terms of i i think everybody's third everybody's journey is different but i will say that if as somebody that i feel like i've been like overly obsessed with how old i am and like if i'm supposed to be where I am it's just to relax a little bit on how old you are and if like if it's stressing you out if like turning 30 is stressing you out or turning 35 is stressing you out to like cut yourself some slack on that and just think about um like how much you've done even to get to this point and the fact that you still have so much time ahead of you to do amazing things and that you're not supposed to be any other place than you are right at this moment. And um, that you don't know where you're going to be in six months to a year. And that's exciting. And that's and that's cool. And to just also, yeah, I guess to the women, stick up for yourself. Like, I think that we don't get told that enough as, as kids. Yeah. Like, to stick up for ourselves. Um, maybe some people do. And that's great. And, like, I did to a certain degree. But I do think... As women, we've been taught to like make everybody feel comfortable and uh, like make this situation smooth. And I know I do that a lot and letting go of like, that's not my job. Like my job is to protect me and to 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 be the best that I can be in this moment. And that it's okay to be a little selfish and like fight for yourself and stick up for yourself. Absolutely. And announce your wants and like tell people to fuck off if they're not in your corner. Like it's okay. Yeah. Um, and if somebody doesn't like you for that, that's okay too. Yeah. Um, and so I would just say that, uh, I don't know if that's the best piece of advice, but I would say like right now what I'm thinking about, I think if you do that, you'll, you'll be a whole lot happier. Yeah. 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 I concur. Yeah. 
Cool. Cool. Well, thanks, Liz. Is there anything you want to pitch? you have any shows or anything like that? If you want to follow me on Twitter, I've started to do this thing where I talk about all the roles that I'm up for now that I'm 40 years old because <laughs> they're insane, these roles that they have women play sometimes. Um, so, yeah, that's just Liz underscore Royce. Cool. Yeah. So, thanks. Thanks, Liz. Thanks. This was so much fun. Thanks, Yeah, Sarah. of course. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.